Hi, this is your host Sapni Bhartia and welcome to another episode of TFR Let's Talk. And today we have two guests, Catherine McCarvey, Vice President of Software Engineering at VMware and Chris Clark, Program Manager at the Cloud Foundry Foundation. Catherine, Chris, it's great to have you both on the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be here. Yeah, and today we are going to talk about, Catherine, you joining the Cloud Foundry Foundation's Governing Board. Um, before we get started about you know uh, why you joined the board and everything else, I want to quickly talk about because Cloud Foundry has gone through a lot of kind of transitions. The market is changing. If you folks can quickly talk about uh, where do you see Cloud Foundry in today's world? Yeah, sure. I think um, one of the things that made Cloud Foundry so successful and having such an impact in the, in, in the open source community is its real desire to think about developer needs and put developers first. And I, I think. That understanding is still really relevant today. You know, if we think about new abstractions like Kubernetes, where the concept of a blue-green deploy doesn't exist natively. You have to build those layers on top. And so I think for the Cloud Foundry community, um, one of the strong uh, interests that still needs to be served is how developers operate in that world. And with the existing community and the existing uh, uh, foundation on VMs, there's a strong understanding of that. I mean, we still want to bring that same level of understanding elsewhere. We want to bring that to uh, Kubernetes and the Carifi effort is really sort of going about that. We also want to understand that developers don't care where their software is running as long as it's running well. So there's still a strong need for serving that on the VM base as well. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, Chris, I, want to, I would love to hear your opinion on that as well. Yeah, um, that was a great synopsis. Um, I think all the all the same value propositions that Cloud Foundry's had are still applicable today. Um, Kubernetes is a, is a fantastic, powerful tool, um, and it's changed the entire ecosystem. Uh, but there are still a lot of a lot of there's a lot of work to do on day two in Kubernetes, and, and Cloud Foundry had you know already solved a lot of those problems. So we'll we'll see what what comes in in the years ahead. Uh, I do think Karifi, the the new Cloud Foundry. Um, platform, um, it's more Kubernetes native, um, a little lighter footprint. Um, that could be a, a player in that, and that could help a lot of folks um, kind of deal with these complicated day two questions in Kubernetes. Right, and I talked to a lot of you know folks you know uh, who have been in the cloud foundry space for a very long time, uh, and also Kubernetes, everybody is. But uh, with Kubernetes, what is happening is that everybody is looking at it, and it's more or less like, yeah, they are trying. Sometimes there are genuine reasons where they want to move to Kubernetes, and sometimes they are like, hey, everybody is moving there, so we should also explore there. And uh, and a lot of problems that you know the community is starting to solve, uh, cloud foundry, you folks, you know, kind of, you know, or even IBM mainframe, you know, or open mainframe project, once again, Linux Foundation projects there, they solve a lot of problems there too. So do you also see, because there are a lot of customers, users who are on classic Cloud Foundry and they are either trying to move to Kubernetes or they're exploring and then they are going through those hoops. So what are you seeing there? Yeah, I think there's a, if you're coming from a, a Cloud Foundry background and you're moving to Kubernetes, the first thing you notice is the gaps and the extra things you have to provide. Like we talked just about blue-green deployment, but secrets management, that whole sort of enhanced security posture that you get with Cloud Foundry sort of is missing um, as you go to Kubernetes. And there's a lot more vendors in this space as well. So I think I think as, as customers and, and the community members are looking at Kubernetes, there's a real interest in what, how does this actually help move things forward? Um, maybe there's a lot of workloads that aren't cloud native that are also being interested in, in moving to Kubernetes, which is where I think you, that you get the bigger value of that shift. 
um, because you don't have to sort of think about them through one lens anymore. You can think about them holistically as different types of workloads. So I, I think I think if you're expecting the same level of experience out of the gate, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Um, so I, I think going, uh, being open to what is the actual problems you're trying to solve as you look at Kubernetes, I think is, is the best way to go about uh, approaching it from uh, additional workload support. Chris, do you have anything to add to that? Because you, as part of Cloud Foundation. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kubernetes is, is, has got a, a lot of momentum and a lot of people have, uh, there, uh, there's a lot of talk about moving to Kubernetes and a lot of um, large enterprises. Um, and and uh, I think lots of them are. Uh, I, I think for, for my understandings from VMware and SAP and some of the other Cloud Foundry vendors is that, uh, you know, uh, the big Cloud Foundry end users have been a lot slower to move away than, than, than uh, we might have feared. Um, so still have a ton of people using Cloud Foundry uh, on VMs um, and hopefully Carifi, the new lighter weight implementation uh, will provide an option for those customers, A, wanting to move towards Kubernetes and B, in the Kubernetes ecosystem, uh, perhaps attracting some new customers as well. When we look at Cloud Foundry, is it a Technology, and this can be a very blunt question, but we can deal with it the way you are. Do we look at this technology which is on its way out, or you know, if you look at you know, even today's work, COBOL uh, mainframe, a uh, mainframe is actually powering you know, every time you go to transaction, people don't realize it. A lot of technologies folks have written off, but they are still you know, there. It's just like it's not the shiny object in today's world. So when we look at Cloud Foundry, is it going to be the same technology? It will be there for a long time to come. A lot of folks have invested in it. Uh, so, so if you can talk about that also. Yeah, I, I think VMware is definitely taking that lens. It's a long-term investment. It's a it's a long-term play. We are seeing um, still customers, in, you know, increasing their usage on the commercial side. This is not something that's disappearing. And so, from an investment into the community, that's still a, a long-term lens of an underpinning of solving a particular need really well. Um, that we believe still continues to be the case today. Perfect. Now, uh, Catherine, if I ask you, you know, why you decided to join uh, the governing board, what drove you towards that? Yeah, I've, I've been super fortunate to be in and around the community since um, actually around 2015. So supporting um, a lot on the commercial side and that sort of understanding, the more you support commercially, the more you understand what's going on in the open source and sort of seeing the improvement there. And one of the things that was really fascinating on the commercial side was how much um, customers really cared about being able to see the changes. And e even if they weren't committing to the open source repos of understanding the code that way. And so there was this real um, strong uh, sense that the community was serving so much of non-contributors just by being open and just making that evolution happen. And through those engagements, you know, great things happened with say um, some security postures as well into, into the open source piece. But I've always loved it because it was solving a real need and solving it for real customers. And that's why sort of my interest has always been. And so the last several years I've been overseeing the team that's doing all of that investment. So it kind of felt like a um, a wonderful opportunity for me. Right, and VMware, you know, you folks, you know, are involved with the Cloud Foundry. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that, you know, in some ways you were dipping your toes in there, but what, how actively will you be, or what will be your role at CFF, you know, uh, as part of the uh, governing board? Yeah, well, I'm, I, I'm still sort of getting across things, so maybe that's a, a still TBD as I sort of learn and engage in the group, but Chris has been really helpful there. I don't know, Chris, if you want to share anything on that front. Well, we, we've got our, our first board meeting since Catherine joined coming up in September, so I think that, that should all become um, a lot more clear then. Um, but it, it certainly, on behalf of the CFF, I can say we're 
very happy to have her join. Um, her technical background and, and long history uh, at Pivotal working on Cloud Foundry is, is, should provide some, some, some welcome uh, leadership. So uh, very happy to have her join. Right. And if you look at uh, Cloud Foundry Foundation, uh, of course, there's a community, there's a project, there's foundation. What are your immediate concerns that, as we talked about, there are a lot of, you know, users who are on Classic Cloud Foundry. Sometimes they have, we try to, you know, uh, talk to a lot of, you know, folks, vendors who uh, operate in Cloud Foundry to address those fears that, hey, you don't have to fear, it's not that the vendors or ecosystem will disappear. So what are the things that you are either concerned about or you want to reassure the, the user community that, hey, uh, you know, we are, uh, we are here, you know, to, to help you folks. Uh, just give us an update on the project. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been trying to be very explicit, um, especially with the larger vendors that, you know, Cloud Foundry on VMs isn't going anywhere. Um, that that VMware and SAP, um, uh, IBM as well, uh, still have a, a lot of large customers that 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 need to be supported, and all of those companies have you know explicitly stated that they're going to continue to support that for for years to come, um, not just the next couple. Uh, so ho hopefully that's uh, you know uh, allayed any fears folks might have had on that. At the same time, we're trying to look you know beyond that, just more into the future and see where Cloud Foundry fits into more Kubernetes native ecosystem. And, and I hope, hopefully, our, our, our latest project is will solve for that. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to demoing that. We'll be at KubeCon, um, actually, with our first in-person event uh, in three years uh, coming up. Uh, in October 25th, we'll have a Cloud Foundry day. And so uh, that will be really trying to showcase Carifi um, and Paquetto Build Packs as well to the wider CNCF community. Uh, so trying to you know, move that forward there and hopefully, uh, you know, get some uh, get some traction in the Kube community. Catherine, do you want to add anything there to assure, reassure the user community? Yeah, I think um, one other piece that I, I was really uh, grateful to see, those recent uh, governance changes just with how each of the groups work. And that sort of made it simpler for if you're getting started or you want to make a change and you're not sure who to reach out to. I think in the past we relied a little bit on knowing who's who and being in the community for a while. And these governance changes make that a little simpler. So it is easier to make changes, is e easier to engage. Um, but, you know, we, VMware, are very committed to this community. We're not stepping away. Um, we're continuing to invest. Uh, we have a lot, of, um, a lot of learnings from this work, too, that continue to be really helpful as we look at, at um, our K Kubernetes path as well. And so interested to hear feedback as we go to KubeCon. We're going to be sort of very visible there. Um, so that'll be a really good way to um, sort of hear and see just how that's being received as well. So yeah, in uh, October 25th, which is the day before the main event at KubeCon, we're going to be holding Cloud Foundry Day. Um, that'll be our first in-person event since before the pandemic. So really looking forward to getting the community back together um, for a day of all things Cloud Foundry. Um, and then we'll be on the floor at KubeCon. Uh, we'll be sponsoring the event. We'll have a, have a booth where we'll be promoting Carifi and Paquetto Build Packs uh, primarily. Um, but to try and get the word out on both of those. Um, and so we've got um, a few sponsors for that already. Uh, it hasn't been finalized yet, so we haven't announced that yet, but, uh, but uh, I'm really excited to do this. Uh, I think we're all a little bit tired of virtual events and um, really happy to go see everyone in person again. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to these physical events as well. Uh, yeah. Catherine, Chris, thank you so much for taking time today and talk about Cloud Foundry. Uh, uh, and uh, of course, you know, uh, the, the role that VMware is playing in this big ecosystem. And uh, I look forward to talk to you folks soon again at uh, VMware Explore and at KubeCon. Thank you once again. Thank you, Swapnil. All right. Thanks, Swapnil.